God has created us to be relational beings. When he created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, we were created within the community of the Trinity. Right there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. Right from the very beginning of time, we kind of get the sense that God intended for us to be in a harmonious relationship world. And, you know, when we're out of sync with that, we kind of more inclined to drift and do our own thing. And so throughout this series, throughout this, this, this Get Real Relationship series, we're going to be discovering how to do one simple thing, one simple thing. And that is how do we experience and live in God's best for our lives relationally? That's it. How do we experience, how do we live in God's best for our lives relationally? So how do we, what, you know, what does living in a biblical relationship world look like? Why is it good for us? And how do we construct it? That's where we're going over the next three weeks. And we know there's, 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 there's different kinds of relationships, right? There's, of course, the relationship that you have with God, which is the most important one that we have. There's a relationship that, you know, you have with yourself. There's relationships between husbands and wives. We call that marriage, you know. There's relationships with family members, colleagues, friends. So instead of going through those different kinds, you know, and, and sort of uh, talking about, you know, how to experience fulfillment in each of them, you know, uh, single and sassy, I don't know, you know, married and magnificent, uh, help me here, <laughs> kids and living in the kingdom, I don't know, something. Um, instead of going through each of those, what, what, do you, what we're rather going to do is we're going to look at some principles, that some spiritual principles that God has given us in his word. And then we're going to look at how we can apply those to our lives, no matter what relationship you might find yourself in or wish you found yourself in. What did Pastor George say last week? There's only one thing worse than being single, and that is wishing you were. <laughs> heavy, heavy shots. Just pause there, let it just... Uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going to ask you guys about any heavy, heavy questions. We're going to, we, we, are, we are going to look at, at uh, some of these principles. Then we're going to unpack it in this conversation with some friends on stage. Um, and just kind of give us this broader insight into how this can be applied in our lives. So, but before we do, I want, uh, before we do that, I want to read two passages of scripture um, that I want you guys to keep in the back of your minds, right, as we go through this conversation today. Uh, and the first one's from Proverbs 17, verse 9. This is what it says. And see if you can guess the principle that we're going to be talking about this morning um, coming out of these verses. Proverbs 17, verse 9 says this, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Man, I gotta love Proverbs, hey? Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. And then Romans 13, verse 8, and I want you really to, 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 to bear the scripture in mind. It says, Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. Why? For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Today, we're gonna to be beginning our conversation on how to live in God's favor in our relationships by talking about the topic of forgiveness. The topic of forgiveness. It's such a big topic, isn't it? And so uh, to help me kind of get into the nuts and bolts of that, I've invited uh, two good friends, Dylan and Sky, Knox, up onto the stage. Say hi. Hello. So hi. Uh, you guys um, <laughs> you guys would have no doubt recognized him from, from the band just now. And you probably also know the Knox photographers from the J-Bay Humans Up area. This is them. Uh, they're very well known in, this, in these parts uh, as well as uh, Switzerland, <laughs> where you guys are heading in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. So... Talking about forgiveness, Dylan Scar, uh, let's start right at the beginning. What does the word forgiveness mean to you? I think for me, forgiveness means like you can basically take the word forgiveness and just replace it with love. Um, I've experienced it um, in our relationship. 
I've not always been the best husband, boyfriend, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, and like just seeing like Sky's grace towards me um, and her love for me and just like seeing that like the things that I did was like, yeah, she saw, she looked past that and she looked at me and she was like, I see what you're doing, but like, it's fine. I see, you can be so much better. You can be like, I see the man that you can be and like, I'll forgive you for that and we'll work towards um, love and just showing me love and showing me grace. So that's 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 actually a very important link yeah. that you've just mentioned there, yeah, and we're we're gonna actually come 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 back to it just now. Yeah. But um, so you know, you you you're saying that it's something that is personal for you guys that you've experienced it. How have you experienced forgiveness play out in your relationship? Like, do you want to give us a bit of a bit of insight into that? How did you physically experience it happen? Um, so I went through a very bad like patch back in the day, um, just after high school, like you know, wrong friends and wrong crowds and um when we started like hanging out and started dating like i would prioritize other things above her things that are like just not good i don't want to go into all the details but this is okay this is a real house it's an authentic house so i just like prioritized um all the wrong things above our relationship and i would kind of go behind her back um and do these things which is obviously not good um and it just came to a point where she was like you need to decide between me or these wrongdoings. Um, and I obviously I chose her. And just seeing like her forgive me and like kind of help me move through those things. Mm. Um, yeah, and like just her constantly loving me despite of the things that I did. Scott, do you wanna do you wanna add something to that? I mean, I think it looks <laughs> like you're chomping at the bit there too. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I need to think. Sorry, the spotlights are like very intense for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so I actually, I see asking forgiveness as like a promise of saying like, I will try to be better. And I feel like forgiveness as a, like a whole in relationships is like basically the glue that keeps different people together. Because we are completely different people, completely different backgrounds, gone through different things, and now we've like come together to form our own little family. So I feel like we will mess up. We will disappoint each other. So at the end of the day, I feel like that forgiveness is what basically keeps us together, you know? <laughs> That's very powerful. I've never actually even thought of it in those, in those terms before. Um, yeah, so, so you've had opportunities to offer forgiveness, you've had opportunities to ask for forgiveness, and I'm sure that's been the other way around as well. But what what makes it easy and what makes it hard to forgive someone? Like, are there levels to that thing? Like, what would you say, you know, what what gave you the strength, Scott, to to, to offer that forgiveness? Like, what what made it easy and what, what would make it harder for you? Okay, so I feel like asking for forgiveness is easy. Like, the the act mm-hmm. of asking that question, mm-hmm. it's easy, but it's difficult to fulfill that like promise. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like, you'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I will try to be better, but you actually have to put in the work, you know, of being better. And then mm. in terms of forgiving someone, the thing that makes forgiving so difficult is the, is the fact that you were hurt you know, and you don't want to be hurt again. So you like hold on to that forgiveness. It's kind of like a, 
a coping mechanism of some sort. Mm. So you're like, oh, I don't want to get hurt again. Like, you, you know, you're like holding on to that thing. And I feel like that isn't love because it's a fear. And like perfect love casts out all fear. So... You can yeah. carry on preaching right there. Oh, <laughs> my, my job is done after that. So you can't hold on to that fear and then expect your relationship to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, so it's almost like that holding on to unforgiveness is a growth inhibitor in your relationship. Yeah. It feels like it's one of those stumbling blocks that almost keeps you from, from moving forward and from experiencing more of that freedom. Mm-hmm. Dill, do you want to? Also, just want to add, like, the whole thing of, like, going through all of those like kind of trauma that I caused in our relationship. Um, it has also like seeing like where we were versus where we are now. It's so much easier now to be forgiving and to be more understanding. Um, so if like, if I make a mistake or like, if I get angry, like at the dogs, cause they're not listening to me. And then she's like, it's just dogs. And I'm like, no, but they're not listening. Like, and then we start arguing about the dogs. Um, it's so much easier, like, for me to go, oh, okay, I know, like, it's so stupid, I'm sorry. And then it's so much easier for her to be like, oh, it's fine, it happens. Like, going through, I feel like being able to forgive someone makes it easier to forgive them as well, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But, like, yeah. And, it's, and I actually like what you guys said there, because once you've moved through something like that, when you kind of move through that conflict, it actually becomes like a strength builder in your relationship because now you've kind of covered this ground which you haven't covered before you've learned about one another's differences you you've, you've learned to understand each other you've deepened that and now you suddenly come to the place where okay i don't need to go back to you know three days of not speaking to them now it's you know maybe five minutes and we kind of back on the same footing again you know so i really like that um and then i, I suppose um you've actually touched on that now as well scott but you know is, is it easier to to forgive others or to ask for forgiveness um, I also suppose that kind of depends on what's happened, but um, w- maybe one more question that wasn't on the notes, a little bit off topic. Which is harder for you guys, to forgive or to forget? Because there is a difference, right? Yeah. I would say for me, the forgetting part is like harder. harder. Yeah. Um, just, but it's like what Sky said earlier. It's just that, that fear of like, okay, they did this and, you know, we move on and, like, you work on your relationship and you carry on, but it's like, and I'm not talking about, like, in our relationship now, I'm talking more like family, family dramas and stuff, but, like, just the thing of, like, are they going to do this again? Like, are they going to treat you this way again? Is this going to happen again? Um, And I think just, like, also a thing that I've learned in in the past year, I would say, um, because forgiveness has obviously been a big thing, um, and something that I've learned in the past year is forgiving, like, you have to also put in the effort of, like, constantly making that choice of being like, okay, but I forgave them, so I need to stop thinking of this. I need to stop having this fear of, yeah. are they going to do it again? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, like, how you mentioned the fear and how I mentioned the fear is, like, I feel like it's the devil's way of like trying to like create this like unrest in your life because it's like, I think it's Matthew 6, 14, where it's like, you should forgive others as God has forgiven you. And like, 
you can't walk around with like God, like expecting God to forgive you the whole time and like you know and you like have this like negative feeling in your heart the whole time yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it's just in a sense like that fear basically builds and makes you like doubt doubt God in a sense because you're like oh these people hurt me the whole time God like where are you but it's just the devil trying to like play at you and like cause like this unrest so you think that on on the other side of forgetting is freedom yeah basically. it's pretty much yeah like you need to try and forget well it's difficult to forget like yeah. we humans we yeah. you know but there is freedom on the other side definitely so um any uh, parting words of wisdom for perhaps a couple that's thinking about this conversation how do we how do we start it <laughs> she is always right <laughs> always uh, <laughs> even when she's wrong she's, she's right. always right can we can we give the noxes a round of applause everybody oh man <laughs> I love that. Dil, that's a very sound advice there, huh? Uh I think yeah, I think that's one that all of us men can 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 bear in mind. Oh. Wonderful conversation. Some some amazing insights there. Um, and by the way, I didn't actually know all the answers that that that, that they were going to go through. So I feel like I've also actually learned some stuff. Oh, thank you so much, bro. Um but I guess I want to just spend building on what they've on what they've kind of started and I want I want to spend a few moments um just talking around some ideas around this this forgiveness and, and and unforgiveness concept and then i'm going to read a passage of scripture for us that's really going to tie this whole thing all together and it's going to touch on one of the one of the links that you mentioned there dill but i think um you know if we if we start from the beginning i think we we are all aware that a sure way to experience god's best for your life in the area of your relationships is to have a willingness simply a willingness to ask and offer forgiveness to other people and from other people we need to start with this thing of i am willing to move forward right that's a sure way of inviting god's best into your life it's not always easy as they've mentioned in fact it's never easy but i'm so convinced that a lot of the striving the 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 strife this unrest in our lives would be eradicated if we simply were more willing to forgive one another you know one only needs to look as far as our own country right to see how deep seated these roots of bitterness can sometimes go that people have towards one another it's almost like it becomes tasteable in your mouth isn't it and whenever i see that word this that word root of bitterness it's like such an analogy for me it's like you can almost taste this this anger in your in your mouth and that's what bitterness is and it's not a very helpful thing is it but when we choose to forgive you know because that's what it is what they've said it's you you actually make a choice when you when you do that when you say i forgive you to someone you actually release all of those toxic influences from your life You know, and it's also true that there's various levels of forgiveness in 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 life, right? We know firstly that the message that Jesus came to 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 tell us is that you know we are reconciled to God through Him. He's not He He has forgiven us. He's not holding our sins against us. God has freely forgiven His 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 people. We also know that from there we need to forgive ourselves for things, right? Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. I don't know about you, but I sometimes really battle with getting over some of the things that I've done that have disappointed me in my own relationship. And then I suppose the third level of forgiveness is the is that power of extending it to someone else. Kind of we receive it first from God, we forgive ourselves and then we extend that to one another. Um so let's just consider for a moment what the biblical definition of forgiveness actually is. Because the Bible has some really uh, powerful language around this word. 
Um, so in verses like Colossians 3, verse 13, when it says this, uh, it says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a grievance against one another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. That's one of the verses that you mentioned, Scar. So what does that, what does that word forgiveness mean in that context? Three sort of ideas, basically. The first one is that it means to set free. The language implies to set free. Isn't that a powerful picture? You know, almost imagine like, you know, racing pigeons in one of those cages. And then the guy opens the cage and he sets those things free to run and fly into this open, you know, expansive world. That, that word also means to send away. Set free and to send away. I love that. It's like someone, you know, owes you money and you're, and you're sending away that debt. You're actually sending that debt away. It's like a debtor and a creditor, you know. And when someone, you know, has, has wronged you, when you forgive them, you're saying, it's okay, I'm sending away the guilt and this anger that I have towards you. And then lastly, it also means to do something pleasant or show yourself gracious towards another. To do something pleasant for someone and to show yourself gracious towards another. Now, just think about this for a moment. You and I both know that a world that is willing to forgive one another would be a much better place to live, right? We also know that as followers of Christ, we hold the key to making that change. <laughs> we hold the key to making that change. Imagine a family. Imagine a family that was willing to forgive, that was able to live like this, that set free the debts of the wrongs that people had caused them. Imagine a workplace that felt this, this, this freedom. Imagine, imagine a country. <laughs> imagine a government where it felt like we were willing to forgive one another and release this forgiveness to others as we ourselves have been forgiven. It would be quite, quite something, wouldn't it? Quite opposite to how the world says we should operate and how the world is currently operating. What does the world say? No, man, you need vengeance. You know, you need to get even with these people. Pay back, you know, pay back the money, pay back, pay back everything, you know, pay back the wrong or use manipulation. You know, you have to get even with these people. Now, someday we're going to do a series on, um, we're going to call it counterfeit or something counterculture, I don't know, everything that the world, the system of the world says you must do and how that's opposite to how the Bible says you must live. And there's so much in that. But, you know, we understand the problem with this vengeance getting even thing, right? And we've heard this saying before, but when we operate in that way, as opposed to being willing to release forgiveness, you know, it's like us drinking the poison and hoping the other person gets sick. We've heard that saying before. We know that's what unforgiveness is like. It's like you, you, you kind of keep this thing in you and you're the one that's, that's getting more ill. Such a false sense of control, isn't it? Such a false sense of control. Galatians 5 verse 1, uh, this, is what, this is what it says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Not for control. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so unforgiveness really should not be given a place to rest in our lives because it's got something that's completely opposite to the plan to God's best for our lives. This is not how we experience a favored relationship world when we operate in this way of unforgiveness and control. And then one more thing that I, one more sort of key concept that I want to just touch on before going, going to that verse. But um, the more that I've read scriptures on this topic, the more that I've read up on this, this concept of forgiveness and, and unforgiveness, the more I've realized that unforgiveness is like being in debt. Unforgiveness is like being in some kind of a debt or some kind of a deficit relationally. You know, it's like you have this thing that you, that you owe someone. You know, I need to get you back for this thing. It's like there's this, you know, I don't know if you guys remember from um, accounting days, you had those columns, debtors and creditors. This is going back many years. 
If there are any accountants, please forgive me. But you know, you had those different columns and when someone owed you money, I think you put it on the debtors column if you were the, the lender and then you'd write there, unforgiveness, you know. Dylan, he took my coffee. He, you know, he didn't wish me on my birthday. He, you know, and you, and you write, you keep a, keep a record, you keep a check, you know, these balances of all these, all these wrongs, these debts that these people owe you. Um, and I want to read a passage of scripture from, uh, for us from the book of Romans um, that, that really reveals, um, it's a very punchy scripture, okay? And it kind of tackles this, this thing of, you know, unforgiveness being not inside God's best for our lives. This is how we rather should live. This is how we rather should live. This is from Romans 12, and then I'm going to read that uh, verse for us afterwards. It says, bless those who persecute you. Just pause there for a moment. Bless who? Those who persecute you. Can you imagine if the world lived in one verse in Scripture? This one. (laughs) Slightly different experience. Bless those who persecute you. That is so opposite to how the world says we we should live, right? Don't write on the accounting balance sheet, you know, persecuted by X, Y, and Z. Bless them. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Just by the way, you know, this is this is Paul's letter to the church in 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 in, in Rome, and he's you know he's not he's not just throwing these lists of of to dos at them. He's actually for eleven chapters built up this whole case of how we are accepted um, through Christ's gift, through His free gift, right? Living a life according to the Spirit. It's we all know Romans eight one. There's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? He builds up this whole case, and then afterwards he says in verse twelve, uh, in, in chapter twelve, verse one, therefore. As this has happened, live this way. And then he goes through this list of, of requirements. So it's not like a you know, Christian to-do list. This is actually who we are in Christ, right? When we've accepted him uh, fully. He says, uh, do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Oh, man. <laughs> Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And this is where it really gets deep. He says, friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. God will take care of it. Because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord, not you. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. (laughs) If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Can we just camp there for like the rest of the year, basically? Just imagine how, how our world would look if us as believers lived according to these principles more and others looked at us and gone, oh, what's, what's different about their relationship, man? They look, they look different compared to what I see else, you know, to, to, to the other things that I see out there in the world. Look at, that, look at that business. Why do the employees always seem so happy? You know, look at that family. Man, I want something of that. I want something of that. And this is where we find the key, this idea of not being conquered by evil, but conquering evil with good, not holding on to unforgiveness, but being willing to release it to everyone. So we've heard from some friends uh, how it changed their lives. Uh, we've seen in scripture uh, some of the reasons, you know, some of the things that we ought to do and some of the reasons for living this way. But what's that link that I was talking about? What's that link that, that reveals what a lifestyle of forgiveness produces in us? What does a lifestyle of forgiveness produce in us? What is the key benefit in our lives? 
that opens up this ability for us to live in this way and in doing so experience God's best for our relationships. I want to read you what has become probably one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Um, it's a story that, that, that holds this key that we've been talking about. And it's a story in Luke chapter 7. Don't put it up just yet, guys. Um, and this, this story, there we go. This, um, it's like amazing. I just put it up and then it happens. And then take it off and it takes you like some kind of a, of, a, of a magician. You know, like, there's actually, you know, three people sitting behind a desk. Not very magical at all, right? Um, th- this, this, this story in uh, Luke, Luke chapter 7 um, is about a woman who comes to a Pharisee's house. Um, she hears that Jesus is there having supper with this guy. And she essentially gate crashes the party, right? She rocks up totally uninvited and kind of gate crashes the whole thing. That's because when she arrives, she stands behind Jesus uh, weeping, crying, crying her eyes out. She begins to wet his feet with her tears. Like just picture the imagery that is happening in the story. Imagine you're sitting at, at a dining table with Jesus and this woman is there wetting his feet with the tears that she is crying. She, she wipes them with her hair. It's such, a, it's such a, a descriptive image. And she begins to kiss his feet. She anoints his feet with this fragrant perfume, this, this oil. Um, and this, this unknown woman arrives at the scene um, and kind of paints for us one of the most powerful pictures of forgiveness in all of Scripture. And so let's pick up the story in Luke 7 verse 39. This is what it says. When the Pharisee, this is this guy Simon, uh, who had invited Jesus, saw this, he said to himself, this man, you know, typical Jesus. If he were a prophet, he would know uh, who, who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. She calls him a sinner. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I've got something to say to you. Now, Jesus always uses those moments and, he, and that's how he constructs his, his, his teachings. He says, Simon, I have something to say to you. Go ahead. A creditor had two debtors. A creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Just to put it into context, a denarii is basically the equivalent of one day's wage, right? So whatever the, whatever the day's wage is, that's, that's what a, a denarii is. Since they could not pay it back, this guy graciously forgave both of them. So which of them do you think will love him more? Which of those two debtors do you think will love the creditor more? Simon goes, well, I suppose the one that he forgave more. You have judged correctly, Jesus told him. Then he turns to the woman and he says, Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she, with her tears, has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. Just by the way, there's only two instances in Scripture where we hear of a human being kissing Jesus. One is this woman. The other is Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. Forgiveness, unforgiveness, there's so much there. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. And look at this, but the one who is forgiven little loves little. Then he turns to the woman and he says to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this guy that can even forgive sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What a beautiful story. You guys catch that key phrase there? That's why she loved much. Her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. And friends, you see, mankind, we had a debt of sin that we owed to God, right? We were indebted to him. That first level of forgiveness that we, that we spoke about, it was expensive. 
It was expensive. But instead of holding us ransom to our guilt and shame, God sent his son to be the ransom for us and to set us free. It cost him dearly to pay for that forgiveness. And he did it because he loved us. That's the whole gospel's message right there. Christ loved us and he has forgiven us. And because we have been so deeply forgiven, the automatic consequence in our lives, just like it was in that woman's life, is that we are moved with a deep love for God and with our fellow man, which means that we can forgive the debts of others also. It's because we have been so freely forgiven that we can move forward with love in our relationships. And in doing so, can you see how the perfect loop of God's grace is completed? And that when we extend forgiveness to someone else, they realize that they've been forgiven and they move forward with love also. And in doing so, that's how we pass on. That's how we encourage other people to live this way. So I suppose the, the challenge for this morning, and I'm, I am mindful that I'll, I'll close with this final thought, but the challenge is, you know, in thinking about how much it costs Jesus to forgive us, how about we, we pay the cost for a few minutes of our pride, right? Being laid aside and extend forgiveness to someone that we need to, or perhaps even be willing to ask for it. I wonder if we'd be brave enough this morning to, to, to put our pride in our pocket, pay the cost, and for a moment, ask or offer forgiveness, and in doing so, experience God's best for our lives relationally. Can you say amen to that this morning? Something to think about? Could you stand with me as we pray? You know, each week throughout this series, we're going to take, um, take one of these relationship principles and unpack it together uh, in this way. Um, it's, it's quite a big topic. I realize that, you know, we could spend so much time talking about forgiveness, but I hope, you know, that even in the brief 20 minutes that we've had uh, this morning, that you've either got a refreshing reminder um, of the way that we've been forgiven by God. You know, maybe that motivates us um, in love in some way, or perhaps it is as real as, you know what, there's someone on my heart right now that I know I need to say I forgive you to. Or there's someone that I need to ask for forgiveness from, for something that I've done. And I really do believe that God has called us to live in freedom in our relationships, not in control. You know, we read just now, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we see in this story that we've just read, what a beautiful uh, representation, at, you know, what, what it looks like when we are moved with that deep sense of, I've been forgiven, I want to love. That's a natural consequence, right? We know that our, our, our world needs a lot more love right now, doesn't it? And perhaps this morning, this idea of forgiveness is one of the keys that will, that will get us there. So can we just close our eyes for a moment, Father's eyes, and just really get quiet, I suppose, before God, just for a moment. I won't take too much more of our time, but I wonder if there is someone in your life right now that's come to mind in our conversation, or maybe it's a group of people, or I don't know what it could be, that you need to ask for forgiveness from or, or offer forgiveness to. And I wonder if you could just bear them up before the Lord right now. I don't need to know who it is. I'm not, you know, that's between, really between you and God. But I believe that He wants us to leave here this morning, not just having had a nice experience, but having encountered the real Jesus, who's powerful, who can release those things and break those chains. You know, we often speak about chains being broken. I think this is one of them. This thing of unforgiveness, this chain that sometimes keeps us bound. And as you're bearing that person up, or even if it's yourself, just say in your, in your heart, in your own way, Lord, I forgive them. Or please forgive me. Give me the strength. Give me the courage to, to have that conversation. Because I know the freedom that awaits me on the other side. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that your spirit is 
in us. He is equipping us. He is guiding us, leading us to have these tough moments, Father, to, to have these tough conversations so that we can experience the freedom you have purchased for us on the other side. We thank you that forgiveness is possible, firstly, because of your forgiveness toward us. Thank you, Father, that you loved us so much. You counted not our sins against us. You freely forgave our debt. And from that place, we can find the strength to love and forgive others also. I thank you, Jesus, for a church. I thank you for a city. I thank you for families and businesses that live in freedom, that live in this way or this, this open way that you have purchased for us, uh, that are willing to say, I forgive you, and that are willing to, to offer it as well. Thank you that when we do that, Lord, when we experience this harmony, we experience your best for our lives. And we pray as we commit to doing that over this series, that you would be powerfully present with us every step of the way. And we thank you, God, that as we sang just now, you are for us and you are not against us. And we celebrate that this morning as a community. And everybody said, Amen. Church, can we give God a, a shout of praise this morning and just say, uh, thanking Him for what He's doing.